Alfred. For all that you have done, for all that you have shown me, thank you. You have given everything. You are the man I always hoped you would become. Rhode Island. Welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast covering the show The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's see how England was made. My name is Blake, and I was equally shocked, Mm. impressed, Mm. and disappointed in this episode. That's all the feels. Hashtag. All of the... I I had so many feels (laughs) from this episode that I just... I don't even know what to do with. Okay. And we're we're, going to... We're going to need an episode of of The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake to, to... to, to digest, digest, digest and dissect, and yeah, and, and, and just see what the hell happened with this. Episode. Well, I am here for it. We, of course, are so excited for those of you who are joining us in the live chat. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Love to see you there, um, and thankful for all of you who've been on this adventure of listening to the Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake as we've covered season one of the Last Kingdom. Of course, we've been doing it much after the fact of when it was aired, but we're going to keep on going. So don't worry. All keep the way subscribed. Five. Yes, make sure you're subscribed in your podcast app of choice because we are just going to keep. Playing plugging along. We don't have to wait. This is the beauty of when things are on Netflix and you watch things late. You don't have to wait like everybody else a year, year and a half, two years. Who knows? Keep going, man. Exactly. So thank you all so much. All right, let's get into the show. Well, Mary, this, the season one finale of The Last Kingdom, once again directed by Peter Hoare, who directed the penultimate episode of The Last Kingdom. And if you recall from our last episode, if you get a chance to listen to it, Peter Hoare has helmed many different kinds of action-elemented television shows uh, and... Uh, very specific kinds of television television series, whether it was Doctor Who or Da Vinci's Demons, Daredevil, which, oh my goodness gracious, if you ever get a chance, go watch. Even though it's kind of been like negated mm-hmm. now that the Disney Plus has taken over the Marvel the MCU shows, the Netflix version of Daredevil is tremendous. Uh, also, by the way, created by Drew Goddard, who was one of the main writers on Lost. You're welcome for that world. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Daredevil, Iron Fist, uh, the, the Defenders, Runaways, Altered Carbon, Cloak and Dagger, and, and of course, as always, Marion Blake, media favorite, 
The Umbrella Academy. So those are the TV shows that Peter Hoare has helmed. And lastly, Chris Bouchard is once again the writer of this episode. And yes. it seems like he has written every episode of season one, which I think is uh, both good and bad. Okay. Uh, I, I, I know he obviously has a, a writing staff. I know that there are other, you know, other producers, other co-producers. He just co-producers. gets his name he on just, it. He gets He's the like Hans Zimmer. Yes, exactly. Hans Zimmer has. I'm sure I scored that. Yeah, he has many shadow composers. (laughs) Many, many, many shadow composers. But, you know, nevertheless, uh, you know, he still writes and still gets credit. And I think this is part of a conversation that we should have, Mary. Um, and I want to get your opinion on that in a little bit. But before okay. we do that, let's let's put a, a sword in that because I, refu- I refuse to say pin now. There you go. Uh, we'll put a sword in that. Before we get into the GBGs well, and we, our we shield, shield breakdown, yeah. we want to thank all of our friends at jointhenerdclan.com for making this The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake even possible. Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know, Blake and I, we have a, an entire media company at maryandblake.com. We cover all sorts of shows. And this is my full-time job, Blake's part-time job. We put our hearts and souls into it but um to help take away from some of the cost from having a media company some people from the bottom of their hearts have contributed at jointhenerdclan.com and as one of the perks we let them pick one of our next podcasts and this was it so thank you all so so very much for making this possible um all right so shields rating for this the season one finale yes i'm giving it a 4.9 Okay. All right. So right in line with the with last episode. week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, for me, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a four, five, nine. That is so low. Yeah. I am shooketh. I think there's a lot of great stuff to be had in this episode, yeah. uh, especially with Uhtred and of course the scene that we played right at the beginning, right at the top of our episode mm-hmm. here. That is a genuine moment a yeah. genuine scene but there's just so much where i look at it and i say what are we doing like i was i was again equally parts happy shocked and disappointed mm-hmm. in this episode so we'll, we'll get to that your gbg's Marvin, you're good you're bad and you're great my good was the fact that young otter is dead bye Goodbye. Oh yeah. Goodbye. Don't have to worry about you anymore. That See you is later. just. I'm. I'm all set. We're I've done. been We're all set you. with Young Otter, and I'm glad he's gone. I'm shocked by the way that he went, but I'm glad he's gone. My bad for this episode is that Leofric is dead. Yeah, Leofric dying is not fun. Yeah. No. Mm, no. Not fun. Not a fan of that. And I think there's a debate to be had here about the relationship that he and Uhtred share and if it is a good thing for the show or a bad thing for the show that Leah Fritsch is gone. I liked it. I liked him being there. So I'm sad that he's gone. Yeah. And then my great was the clip that you played in the beginning of this episode. All of the pride that Father Bioka has with Uhtred, knowing that this is the season one finale and from the the beginning, Mr. Bookend Lover. You know, we have Father Bioka baptizing Uhtred, taking Uhtred under his arm, talking about the importance of written word, all that kind of stuff in episode one. So now to have this where he gets to see Uhtred as a man and is very, very proud of the man that he's become. I just thought was a beautiful way to end this season. Yep. And then also let's talk about the bookend. Let's talk about the bookend of Father Bianca uh, baptizing uh, Uhtred and talking about the 
the power of the word. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this season, we have Gothram being baptized, yeah. recognizing the power of the word and converting to Christianity. You know, it's it, you know, it's a whole mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. So, yeah. yeah Again, there's some great thematic stuff here. Agreed. I think that your scoring was rather low, but what was your GBG? My good uh, first was the direction of this episode. Once again, the direction of The Last Kingdom is tremendous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a a good benchmark from from the first minute of this series. You understood where you are, when you are, how you are. And that does not change through the entire season, and it really makes its claim in the finale. Whether it is the big overhead shots that this show is now known for, uh, where you know you're watching the horsemen go off in different directions, to uh, you know a a real visual storytelling of okay, you know three horsemen. Going, one's going uh, straight, one's going left, one's going right. Or whether it is the big battle and mm-hmm. how the battle is uh, coming to a head between its combatants. Uh, or even the more mm, intimate portions of the battle. Getting in the real nitty gritty behind the shield yeah, wall yeah, and yeah, seeing yeah. people getting stabbed through the little minuscule yeah, the, the holes. the and, favorite part. Yeah, yeah. So it not only shows you the big picture of the battle, but the small claustrophobic inner workings of how this battle is actually being fought. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the even the shot of Uhtred getting out from behind his lines, climbing on top of the shields, getting behind their lines, killing all these people. Just tremendous direction all around. Yeah. Peter Hoare really, really made it happen I would me. not have made that choice. What? Jump on over the shield wall, jump on over yeah, the no. other shield wall, no, just I would go not have done in that there. That, <laughs> like, nope. I am sorry, but you're not Jon Snow. I'm, no, no. Very few people are. Yeah. Very few right? people are Jon Snow. Um, where's my... Uh, where? Here it is. You know nothing, Jon Snow. There you go. Found it. Um, my bad. There's a, a few bads here. Uh, first of all, the VO at the end of the episode. Oh, I don't even remember it. It's, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, and uh, Guthrum get, got baptized. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, there was Brita and Ragnar. They're yeah. prisoners now. And I'm just going to go. Like, It just came out of nowhere. Like, the show has not established any voiceover whatsoever. Okay. It was kind of like a little epilogue. Yeah, and it, it, it was an epilogue. Um. But the language, the, the the language of the show dictates so much more than just like, okay, here's our wrap up. Like, and everything just gets wrapped up in this tight, nice, neat little bow. But when they were filming season one, they did not know that there was going to be a season two. And I feel like they yeah. kind of had to do this. Like, I, I would agree. If this needs to stand alone, which it did essentially on the BBC until Netflix scooped it up. Like, if this needs to be a standalone one season series... We need to tie up a few extra things. Yeah, there are some things that needed to get tied up, and I and I, I think about it, and I'm like, okay, could this season have done with one more episode? And I would probably say, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I would, would agree. I would say, yeah, you probably could do with one more episode. Uh, 
It would have been literally the bow tying episode, like, and then this happened. It would be everything you voiced over, yeah, plus a little extra, you know, a proper seeing probably the funeral for Leah Frick. Um, Leah Frick. Oh, whatever. He's dead. It <laughs> doesn't dead. matter. Don't matter no more. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe a couple more conversations between uh, the king and Uhtred. But on the flip side, they only had so much. They had to make these decisions. Right, right. So, but my great, though, of course, is, I mean, just the conversation between Bianca and, uh, and, and Uhtred. I love when we agree on our greats. Um, I love everything that comes from this scene. Aside from him being Quirrell, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Professor Good point. Professor Quirrell. Good point. Um, it's... You know, Mary, you are right in terms of the book ending, and th- and this is why there's Mary and Blake Media, and there's why this is why there are commandments in Mary and Blake Media. Um, you know, just the book ending of it is just so special and mm-hmm. so appropriate. Uh, and if this were to be just one season of television, this would be a satisfying season of television. Agreed. Um, you know, you, you start one way and you end a completely different way mm-hmm. uh, for Uhtred and even Alfred. There, uh, everything that has gone on between these men uh, and Bianca and and how Uhtred is transformed and everything that he has given up, uh, it it puts him on a path. If you were to end it this one season, puts him on a put, it puts him right back in the hands of Bebenberg because Alfred is the one who refers to Uhtred as Uhtred of Bebenberg yes. uh, at, at the end. So if it, if this were the end, you would think, okay, there he's got Bebenberg now. That's mm-hmm. that's the end. But if it's not the end, it at least puts him on the path mm-hmm. to get that way, which we all know now that it's not the end. There's more seasons yeah. of television to go. So I, 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 that conversation was just a perfect representation of all the thematic issues this show has dealt with this entire season how much are you willing to give up what are you what are you loyal to mm-hmm. where do you where do you plant your flag yeah and uh i just the utra just weeping in bianca's arms is great and confirm yeah confirmation of bianca's feelings for utrid just really truly beautiful stuff Agreed. so i was a big fan of that so uh, what else Marvin? does this does this stand out to you for this episode where do you want to begin <sighs> i mean i kind of just want to go through things uh, chronologically okay. if we could all right so of course the decision is made that we need to go and we need to go fight now mm-hmm. and alfred picks Two randos and a nun to go be his messengers. Actually, one rando, the priest that got on our nerves but has beautiful hair. Oh, Asher. and the nun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He sends them off, and this is a this is a bold choice. What is this nun's name? Hild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She's. I mean. Good for her. I think she's got some part Viking in her because she is just a really strong. I am surprised she hasn't made her her nun dress pants. Good point. You'd think with like all the fighting and the the riding and the just you know taking care of things, she'd be like, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna alter this outfit just a little bit to more suit my needs. Um, so he sends them off saying, "Go get me." Some people for my for my battles, and they all go off to go find young Otter. Yeah, this was uh, a big shocking point for me. I absolutely did not see this coming. I did thought, you not see that Otter was going to betray them and t- team up? Oh with, no, I figured that was going to happen. You like, thought he was going to team up with Bloody Teeth? Yeah, no, like Scorpa. As, as, as Scorpa. Scorpa. As soon as Scorpa ends up on Otter's door, I just I knew that. This guy 
he's got nothing. There's, there's no he way he's He scares me. Uh, I know Scorpa's right. fake, and he scares yeah. me. <laughs> but what I did not the see teeth. coming, what I did not see coming, was Otto the Elder killing his own oh son. Oh, my gosh. Holy smokes. That, now that is a narrative choice. Oh, my goodness. I remember when that happened, I was thinking, oh, like, I even said out loud, like, oh, my God. Mm. Like, when we were watching it. We both audibly were in shock. Right, because... Yeah. Out of the elder, he has dealt with his son like he's put up with him, mm-hmm. and but it's still his son, and it's still you know he, he's still the 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 next in line yes. for that family. You know it's a big deal. But what happens is the guy just straight up stabs him in mid sentence, and and he sees alfred and he, i think he just recognizes there's no way of coming back from this there's no amount of talking there's no amount of i mean yeah, cuz that was a big choice he could have stood up as otter the elder and had seen the king and said listen no you're making the wrong choice my son and kind of just you know like put his son in his place but his son has already made the deal older otter has kind of already stood by it. I mean, granted, he is, we don't know his his cognitive wherewithal. I think that that's the other thing that is a little left in the gray area. Obviously, he was slashed in the face. He's being really cared for by Mildred. So we don't know if he signed off on the Scorpa thing at all or yep. if he's been privately saying, you made a really bad choice and I want to find a way to get out of it. Or, or is he making this choice because he got messed up and he is not seeing everything clearly, right? He's not... Like he's making a rash choice because to kill his son, to kill his son, exactly. Because he got hurt, and you don't know how much brain damage there is. You don't know any of that. Or stuff. Or is he finding out about this Scorpa thing right then and there? Right. You know, yeah. is this all like, oh my gosh, I've been sitting on this couch just watching Netflix and eating popcorn, and my son did all these things <laughs> that I didn't know about. I see the kings right there. I know my son's in the wrong. I need to fix this right, right now. Yeah. We don't necessarily know, so I feel a little awkward with it. But no matter what, I did feel so badly when he was calling to the king, you know, please forgive him. Please forgive him. Yeah. And it's like, buddy, like, no. Right. And you just killed your son. There's a lot happening You're going to have to live with that. Not and, wrong, but you're going to live with that. There's a lot happening here. And there, and there sh- it shows the kind of mirror for Uhtred that what he's going to have to do going forward and what, mm-hmm. what really Uhtred does do. I mean, he really does give up so much for Alfred and for England and for Wessex. I mean, whether it is, um, you know, like he doesn't give up his relationship with his brother necessarily with Ragnar, but he does, it does go away. I mean, Mm -hmm. like he does save Ragnar in the battle, which is an interesting thing I want to talk about. Uh, But But he he loses his son. I mean, we get to go see him go back to his house, see that his son had died. We need to question that death too. Um, you know, and Alfred, of course, is there knowing that his son is alive, not necessarily knowing it wasn't even trade, but knowing the plight and right. the, the sadness that a father can have, particularly a father of a son, when and heirs with with the male line were very, right, very yeah. important. He loses <sighs> he loses his wife. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, granted, by, that was by choice, but still, it still loses his wife, uh, who refuses to speak to him now, uh, loses so. his refuses, uh, loses his queen, loses Isolt, which is uh the thing that just drives him banana land, uh, which makes him want to go kill Scorpa and go right into the shield wall. Uh, th- 
he lost his gone. I think it was everything. I, I think that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. I know that we're supposed to believe in like this ooh love story. I seen him now like kind of love three people within eight episodes. Yeah, now that so is that a question is, we have to talk about. To me, I'm like that's the last straw. You know, like he loves this girl, but he loved Brita. He was like falling for Mildreth. Mildreth. You know, he had a son and then he didn't really care about his son. But, you know, he cried his tears over his son. So I just think it was everything. Yeah. And so this here's two questions I have for you. Do you did you feel as bad as you think you should have felt when his son died? Like when his son was gone or and also next. Did you do you care about Esalt dying and do you care about his love interests in this series. So I will say this. There is still, and no one except Father Bianca that I love. I'm rooting for Uhtred. I don't love him. Yes. Like, I don't want to be his honey. I don't really... I don't really want to even like it's, hang it, out with him. It's not like Jamie. Oh. Where you're like... He is I, no Jamie Fraser. He is no Jamie Fraser so far. No. No, not at all. No, uh, no, no. And I would, so. I would even say that he's not even, he's not even uh, Jon Snow yet. You know nothing, no. Jon Snow. I'm rooting for him, and I'm excited for him, and I, and I think that he is, because he's not them. He has no baggage, he has no ties, and he does get to be a ruthless warrior, and yes. we get to go on this really grand adventure with him and see the metamorphosis of Uhtred. But that being said, like, I don't love Uhtred in the sense that I don't care that his most recent honey died. Yeah. Sorry. I I felt bad. I feel bad about Leofrich. Yeah, Le- the Leofrich dying was bad. That was rough. That was bad. And it's also such a like a non momentous death. It mm-hmm. just he just gets caught in the neck. But such is life, right? Yeah, think about right. how many of these grand soldiers who've done extraordinary things are snuffed out yeah, like a right. candle. The baby thing is complex, being parents ourselves. Um, you know, just just the idea of a baby dying is incredibly yeah. sad for anyone. But you're also talking about Uhtred, who said, that is no longer a son of mine. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when he's sitting there crying about his child, like, I, I feel bad. Like, I, I genuinely do. you abandoned. Do. You made but this you kid. But you abandoned this yes. kid. And you abandoned his mother. And... So you still have the right to cry, but I'm not necessarily feeling that pain for you. I right. didn't cry along with him. Like you were like, this is no child of mine now that he's been baptized. And again, listen, I don't agree with it, but I get it. I get why that choice was made. I think I'm just team Father Bianca. I, I think you kind of are too. I, think I don't think that's a bad too. thing, but that's my person. Um, if he died, I might have been really sad. Now, this all kind of wraps around one central question, Mary, which is, Chris Bouchard wrote this entire season. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at it not necessarily as an auteur who is creating from, you know, screen to, to film, like the whole thing. But you are looking at someone who has written the whole season uh, and he has was in sole control of the entire narrative. He's got all the credits. Do you like knowing that one writer has written the entire series or do you like it better, let's say, with like The Leftovers or Outlander or Gilmore Girls when they're – well, like Gilmore Girls was mainly uh, – what's her name? But um, This is us. This is us. A writing team. There's a staff. They each get credit. They're, they're, are, they're bouncing ideas off of each other. Or do you like when one person has control, complete narrative control? For this show, I actually applaud this choice. How come? Because they're – there's so much shifting around 
uh, between different characters, between different lovers, all this kind of stuff that I don't feel sturdy. I'm not in the same place each episode. I'm not seeing the same warriors each episode. They're fighting different people every time. Uh, Uther doesn't know if he's sex and if he's not right. every other episode. So for me, having the continuity uh, of the same writer to have the same feel was good for me because there are moments in the shows that you've mentioned beforehand where different writers try different things, particularly in Outlander. Like they say, okay, we're going to go all in and do this aspect and you feel that it's different, Mm -hmm. but you have the same characters. You're in off in the same place. Like there's not, they'll, they'll sprinkle in new people, but everything else is the same. So that's okay. And I think if that was, if it would, if it was just Uhtred and the same people in the same place, I'd be okay. This is us. They're like in two places. They're at camp or they're home. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't even have friends. Like, right. <laughs> so for me to have a different writer, it adds that different flavor to the to the episodes. So I'm okay with it in in this case. Yeah, I think in this case I, I'm okay with it too. I mean, this is a big sprawling show like this, but it is focused specifically on Utrid and on his. Um, his fate and the the dramatic irony, well, not dramatic irony, but like the the, the thematic uh, portions of what the show is trying to accomplish. I mean, you go from Alfred who trusts uh, Otto the Younger and Wolf here to no end. These are the people that gave Uhtred the punishment for going off to uh, do the, uh, what's it called? The, the, the pillaging, you know, as mm-hmm. Danes. But yet it is... Wolf here and Otta the Younger, who at the first sign of real problems betrays yes. uh, Alfred. And it's Uhtred who sticks around yes. to, to do what he needs to do. And Leofric, a person who is uh, essentially tied for life to the, uh, Why? Otta the Younger. Just, I don't know. It's just the way that it is. Who knows? Yeah, he's like, you're still my man? Yes, I am. I mean, this is the moment when you can say, I think I want to change sides. But he does, essentially, by saying, I cannot yes. kill Uhtred. There are a lot of different things. Every Uhtred has given up and, 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 and stood by everything that he's lost, whether it is, is his son, or it is Mildred, or it is Queen Isolt, or whoever. He stuck by and helped Alfred come up with a plan to do what he needed to do, mm-hmm. whereas Alfred's tr- most trusted advisors were the ones who betrayed him. Uh, just, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting it dichotomy. Is. It definitely new- is, and it'll be interesting to see how it does play out in the future because of that relationship that he has. Yeah, what did you think of Ethelwald not killing Alfred? I mean, obviously we know due to, due to history that this does not happen. I mean, I didn't know because I didn't really pay attention to any of that in history, <laughs> if that was even taught to me. But um, I'm glad, you know, as I saw Ethelwald walk up there, all I was thinking was, how are you going to get away? Like you're going right. to be right here on top of this hill. He's literally got an army of his best warriors up here that may see you stab him. Even if you walk him over the other side of the hill, how far are you going to get before someone notices that the king was killed? Yeah, like <laughs> all know? of a sudden the guy's laying on the ground and you just see this two little feet yes. running into the woods. Yes. Like, yeah, no way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. I mean, you you think about personal survival um and that's where his mind was whirling is this army going to show up how am i going to live so it was it was definitely an interesting evolution of if ethelwald you know we got to see young otter we've just had a bad feeling about him from get-go ethelwald 
is in a gray area. We are told not to trust him. We are told that he is immature. You know, we got to see him saying I'm the rightful king, pledging his allegiance to Guthrum. And yet when it comes down to it, whether he's scared and he makes the right choice or he sees Alfred as the king and realizes this is the man and the troops did rally for him and... I am in no shape to be king. Right. And 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 that is only proven. And I think there's this great scene between Alfred and Ethelwald where Ethelwald recognizes that he can't be king. And it's not because he's, you know, a, a drunkard or a womanizer or whatever. But there's the there's a great visual storytelling device being used here when Alfred says to Ethelwald, look out there, the shadows are changing. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? And Ethelwald says, no, I don't, I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden the swords of Wessex show up Yes, and it's just a, it's a, it's a recognition uh, for the show. And I think for Ethelwald who was conspiring to kill the King, mm-hmm. he can't see the things that, that Alfred does. Yes. He can't see the grand vision for England. And the faith in England, that right. it will pull through, that the men of Wessex and the men of England are going to come together and fight for this cause. And Alfred, too, here has uh, an arc himself. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there, There is a recognition that the, just God himself is not going to get this done. God himself won't just stand by and save his child or make the, make, uh, the English win. I mean... Mm-hmm. It comes down to, like, there. there's also the great back and forth between Uhtred and Alfred where he's like, we're going to talk about getting, getting revenge and we're going to talk about all this stuff. And notice that it's Alfred who makes the speech. And what in the, happened in the beginning of the season is he was afraid that people wouldn't see him as yes, war. He was afraid Lee, that yep. people would see him as weak and that he had Leofrich doing the talking <laughs> oh for him in, in the big battle but sequences. But that speech... When yeah. he is, he has all the warriors and, you know, he's yelling and, okay, we're going to go get them. And then no mercy, you know, Chant ends up starting up eventually, too. <laughs> he keeps yelling. And if you rewatch it, oh, yeah. it is hysterical <laughs> because all of the warriors and the men that ended up showing up, they're all yelling, yeah, yeah, we're going to go get them. They're yelling so much. There is absolutely positively no way that yeah. they could have heard the king's battle he, he cries. He just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, he's having this like momentous moment like, oh, blah, blah, listen to me, I'm the king and we're going to do great. They can't hear you, buddy. Yeah, no. You don't even just, have a megaphone. Yeah, just like let's you're, calm you're down. no Mel Gibson on a horse yelling with this really loud voice. You're Alfred, nice voice. Yeah, probably a great chamber choir voice. Not, not Mel Gibson. N- that is not going to carry. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, oof, another big problem I have with this episode: mid battle, okay, mid battle. Yep. No mercy, no mercy, and they freeze frame it. <gasps> that was terrible with Alfred. It with reminded Alfred. me of Harry Potter yeah. flying on his fireball. Wizard Harry. End of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Wee! Freeze frame. Like, I get what they're trying to go here with this, like, for. Like, it's a moment in time. This is the moment. The Didn't freeze, do it for me. The frozen moment in time where Alfred becomes not only just Alfred, but Alfred the Great, the man who saves England. And it's also reminiscent of a painting. This is the moment in time that can be recognized as a painting that it can like it, it can show you the the path of England. This mm. is the beginning moment. But it did not work. No. It did not work. It was laughable. It, and you're in was. the midst of battle and people dying in gruesome ways. I did have to cover my eyes half the time. It was really gross. Yes. 
but that didn't work. Um, of course, we see the main fight, and Scorpa realizes, you know, this isn't going to go well. They're they're shield wall to shield wall. How does this work? This yeah. is stupid. Let's, <laughs> let's just go around it. I was nervous that he was going to do what we saw in the initial battle yeah. from episode one, where he was going to surround them. I was actually really, really nervous that there was some sneak attack going on. Of course, they just went and killed all the nuns and women and right. old people. Right including beheading Isold, uh, just to make us hate Scorpio even more and yes. to make his death by Uhtred, the great shield wall jumper, yeah, right. even better. Who needs Uhtred the godless, Uhtred the shield wall jumper? And, and not, not only that, but Bianca's words to Scorpa come true, that his, his uh, spear yes. would find him in battle. And it really does. Ha- and that's another thing that I kind of was like, all right. Yes. What are we doing? No, because, I loved it. Uh, I loved it. Because it was like Father Bianca, hey, Uhtred, here's my spear. And he just hucks a spear at I him. I loved it because this is the this is the only steady relationship that I've had was <laughs> Uhtred and Father Bianca. And for Father Bianca to be like, no, I'm going to be in battle and I will see you there because I am so over you yeah. and these Danes and all this fighting. And we've, but we've been watching the Olympics now. And it was kind of nice. It was like a soccer pass. Like, go get it. <laughs> You know. By the way, Father Bioka says, "Did your mother tell you that she should have kept her legs closer?" <laughs> Meaning, Father no. Bioka drops the first Yo Mama joke yeah. in the history of the world. Love it. And then Alfred tells him what to like wash his mouth out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna do that with a lot of ale, lot of ale. Father Bioka, he knew he knew he probably overstepped a little bit. Hey, little st- stepped the line over there a little he bit. He did not care. Um, he did not care. Do you think? Well, we learned from Isolde what Scorpa said to her, which the, was... The secret that the sister, Swan Tira. Lake Tira, is still alive. I mean, hello, and that not she's a great being secret. Raped and the whole thing. Like, she is be, she's being held by Itty Shay's fan. Yeah, but, like, that wasn't a secret to me. Yeah. I figured that out a long time ago. I thought Scorpa was going to have some other cool stuff. Like, his sister's here, and I got him. Why wouldn't she have told him that? Because he would have gone after and he left his yes, battle. Correct. Okay. And his and his calling was to help save Wessex. Okay. I guess. Um, do you think that Isolt knew that she was going to die? Oh, 100%. For all of the times that she would say, I'm with you to the end, and the way that he would say things to her, like, after battle, X, Y, Z, and she'd just kind of give him a little oh, smile. Like, yeah. 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 Um, it made me think. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have been in a relationship where you know you're going to break up, and you know when you're going to break up with this person. Right. And then you still have to hang out with them, like, you know, for a school event or mm-hmm. something. But you're like, I am breaking up with this person. And they'll be like, oh, and at Christmas, I'm going to take you here. And you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Hmm. Nice plan. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it made me feel like, except she knows she's going to die, not break yeah. up with them. Yeah. So does that make it worse for you or does that make it? I didn't love her. See, I kind of liked her. Of course you did, because she's like this smoking hot lady who's like, come to kaboom to hum. Yeah, no. By the way, the rumpy pumpy in this episode, it was good. Mm, I've seen better. It was fire lit. I've seen better. I mean, I'm not saying it was great. I don't care about her, and I know that he's just going to find a new girl in two episodes in season two. So it's I'm that over is a, it. That's fair. That is, that is absolutely fair. Uh, Wolf here. Brita sex, I bet, would have been much better. Um, wasn't Wasn't when we saw it. But I feel like Brita, she commands. She, she knows bed. her way around the bed. She's like fifty shades of gray. Yeah, you know what? I'll go with you on that one. Right? I'm gonna put my axe down and take 
some other toys out. (laughs) She'd do things to you that make you feel embarrassed about yourself. Yes. I'd like some I would like some Brita Ragnar sex. That's what I'd like. That to will see. come about. I got a feeling. Oh, I, I hope feeling. so. I've got I've got a feeling that I mean, will come about. They're stuck in a cage together. Fifty shades. <laughs> Good point. Um there's also this great moment too with Utrid and how it kind of foreshadows Wolf here's um betrayal. because uh, that reveal too at the battle with Wolf here at the Danish, at the Danes lines. That was, that was a good reveal. Uh, one, because Wolf here asks Uhtred, do you, do you really think we can beat the, the Danes? Do you think we can do it? And Uhtred doesn't say anything. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'll see you out there. Yeah. And, and then Wolf here is gone and they take the guy that mm-hmm. was there with the horses. And, you know, apparently now it's that random dude the, the horse guy and Hild and Uhtred going off after the battle yeah. to go do whatever they're going to do. I mean, honestly, I would have probably sunset. sent a few other people. I don't know. Did they even have weapons? I don't know. Like, and are like, they, do people kill? We don't live in those times, but like, would you shoot the messenger? Probably. Right. Like a Dane would be like, Oh, you've got to know. I can't read it. Who's it from? The King. Boom. You're dead. <sighs> Just saying. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's true. Do you think Wolfhair got it, what he deserved? I mean, no, he got what he deserved. But was it like, I felt like that kind of came out of nowhere. It came it was, out of nowhere and I didn't care. Yeah, that's true. I don't love him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Anything else you want to talk about? I want this? more people to learn how to read. I, that, that I felt like was built up to nothing. And then also, remember how like episode one... Um, there was this whole question, like, she's not my real mother, that Uhtred said to his dad. His dad was like, go listen to your mom. She's not my real mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting all this time for, like, his real mom to be, like, a fairy or yeah. something. And, <laughs> or that she that he is half Dane, half Saxon. Right. I've been waiting it. Nothing happened. That uh, was anticlimactic. I don't think we're going to get anything out of that anytime Then why soon. even say that? To maybe just set it up. Set what up? I, who, the reveal of his mother. I don't, Are I don't we know. even ever going to get is what I'm getting at? Uh, maybe. I, we'll probably get that down the line. I hope so. I probably. was hoping it would be today, but it is not. Uh, so there are a lot of things I think that are great about this episode. And then there are a lot of things that are just quite bothersome that just show up like that VO at the end. That was just. That that ruffled your feather so much that did. I think that that is what soured it specifically for it to be at the end. Yeah, because it came out of nowhere. But like, now that you've gotten it off your chest and we know how you feel about voiceovers, yeah. we can actually... I don't, listen, I love voiceovers. I mean, give me a good Goodfellas voiceover any day. But set that up so that it's within the language of the show. When you when you watch Goodfellas, the first thing that comes out of the, out of the movie is, you know, ever since I, I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster. And that doesn't happen here. So, uh, hold on. I think I think we have... Uh... Hello? Oh, <laughs> it's our little ass. It's okay. We're, we're all right here. Sorry for that moment in time. <laughs> She's going to be joining us in the studio, I think, in, in, in a couple minutes. But what I'm getting at is this. Set that up so that it's a thing in the beginning of the show. If you want to do the VO, give me the... Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster. Just do that. 
even like Outlander, okay? Out, Outlander, I mean, for as much as I hate the VO, at least it does it from the beginning. You know yes. what I mean? So so that's that. Uh, I mean, every episode starts with, I'm Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Yeah. I am the son of blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm doing. Here's my voiceover at the beginning of yeah, every episode. Yeah, but that's not part of the narrative. I mean, that that's the that's just the recap. The previously on. The previously Agreed. on. So Okay. Well, can you just be over it? Because I feel like I've heard you complain about VO so much. And maybe people, this is their first time meeting us through The Last Kingdom. Yes. And if it is, I apologize that I'm cutting off Blake's tirade against voiceovers. But for those of us who've been with Blake for a while, we know how he feels. <laughs> we know. All right. Anything else that you want to talk about uh, in this in this season? Uh, or... or uh, are, you know what? Let's do this too. Your season rating, Mary. Ooh. What would you give this first season of The Last Kingdom? I give it a four seven. Um, I think I'm right there with you. Yeah, um, a solid show. A solid show. A grand adventure. I enjoyed it. I thought it told a complete story mm-hmm. with enough questions to last, like Tira. Uh, that's that's a question that, that has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bevenberg, how far does? Uhtred have to travel to get to Bevenberg and what does he have to do? Is it just as quickly as, okay, I have to go kill Uncle Scar who, whose name's, real name is Aelfric. Oh yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's a thing. Uh, you know, like that's, that's a, mm. a dangling question that has to be answered. Yeah. Uh, so there, there, there is enough narrative juice, but it did tell enough of a, a complete thematic story to suffice for its first season. So uh, so that's that. Anything All right. else? That is it. All right. Let's close this bad boy out, shall we? We shall. Thank you all so very, very much for hanging out with us as we have watched the first entire season and podcasted about it. As I said, if you are not yet a member at jointhenerdclan.com, this is your ephemeral invitation to come on over and join us for as little as $2 a month. It honestly makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Podcasting is something that Blake and I truly believe in. Uh, we love connecting with others about these fandoms that we, you know, some some of which we knew before, some of which have been brand new to us and brand new to you. Um, but we really, really appreciate your fiscal support so we can keep this media company up and running. So thank you so much. So for those of you who are already members, and thank you for those of you who are going to become members. Not only that, go to maryandblake.com, check out all the great podcasts that we have going on over there, whether it is Outlander Cast or The Last Kingdom. I'm sorry, The Last Kingdom with Mary. You're listening to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. Oh, my goodness. Oh, just how you can tell that the the, the hosts are just tired. Um, no, uh, or if it is This Is Us Two or the Potterverse or any any one of the great fifteen shows that Mary and I offer, uh, you can go to maryandblake.com, Check that out as well as get in touch with us through any of the social media platforms, whether it is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. We are here to chat with you about The Last Kingdom. You know, I think I'd kind of like to get some more listener feedback for the next season or uh, the future seasons. So if you have some things to talk about, please email us and we'll get those uh, involved in the show as well going forward. That's right. Well, for now, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. Destiny is all. When
When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.